on the final episode of the year. Coming up to Christmas, we're talking dyslexia with Rachel. I currently work in mental health as a support worker. So I've been in mental health for six years now. There can be a lot of self-harm sometimes. Depending mm. mm. um, or, or someone's unwell and become violent. So at school, I, I was below um, with reading, with spelling. Um, I did have a stammer when I was younger as well. You know, when people like say, oh, oh yeah, you, sh- you, sh- you should have done better at school and stuff. But, but I tried my hardest. For the last time in 2022, this is the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast. It's our Christmas episode of sorts, well, in that it comes out the week before Christmas. In that sense, we're not going to be talking Christmas, we're not talking Santa or any uh, all of the other stuff that you'd expect, but what we are talking about this week is we are talking dyslexia with Rachel. Rachel is a long-time listener to the podcast, she's been a long-time correspondent, and she's coming on later on to share her experience of uh, growing up with dyslexia, what that was like for her in school, the difficulties around getting diagnosed, and Look, in a modern world, the majority of dating is is online dating through Tinder or anything like that. When you're dyslexic, you're exchanging messages, and that that brings its own difficulties. And she's going to talk about that uh, a little bit later on. But in the meantime, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, my name is Alan Clark. I'm a psychotherapist with a degree in counseling and psychotherapy, and a master's in child and adolescent psychotherapy. Not a psychotherapy podcast. We're just here to straight talk mental health. It does exactly what the title suggests, and we are the small podcast making a big difference. So before we get talking to Rachel later on, you know what we got to do for first? First of all, we're just going to plug the social media. I'm going to last through it, folks. I'm not going to make it all long-winded and stuff like that. Uh, if you want to get us on any of the social media, which is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and YouTube, all of those, every one of them across the board has the same username, at STMHPodcast. That's where we get us online. If you haven't checked out the youtube episode yet please do you know um you can see visually you can see the interviews and you can see myself you know it's, it's probably enough just to listen to me now so maybe maybe skip past my part uh but you can check out the youtube channel that is at stmh podcast and you will see a back catalog of i don't know how many uh videos is up now maybe 14 15 16 maybe and i think this is episode 116 of the podcast i think somewhere in around there so we've been going for a while two and a half years so check us out on any of the social media if you want to do that. Uh, slide into the DMs. So that is if you've want if you got some feedback around any of our previous episodes. Or if you would like to be a guest, come on and tell your story, as Rachel is about to do later on. You can do that as well. Often I get publicists uh, contacting me to, you know, someone's got a book to plug, stuff like that. You know, feel free to do that. We're happy to have any any guest on the show in, in terms of straight talking mental health. That's the quick social media plug out of the way, folks. It's the end of the year. If you've been on Spotify, I'm sure you've got your, your Spotify wrapped, all your statistics of your most listened to song and all of that. As a podcast, also get those statistics. Uh, we get things like, um, you know, the country's most listened to, stuff like that. So as is the end of the year, and as I'm, as I'm here on my own, before I get chatting to Rachel, um, I thought it'd be a good time to catch up with the wrapped for the podcast. Um, and one of those things is... The amount of content created. So in 
2022, for the year that was, um, uh, a difficult year, I know, for, for many of our many of our listeners, any of the ones that have gotten contact. Uh, but in terms of the podcast, what was created was 2,416 minutes of contact, which is 98% more, no, that's more than 98% of other creators in the health and fitness category. So... We're, we're way ahead of the <laughs> the rest of the posse out there. So over the year that was 2022, the most listened to episode of the podcast was, dun, 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 drum roll, episode 83, which was narcissism. So whether that's all the narcissists checking out about themselves or everyone else that's had to deal with the narcissists, that's that's been our most, um, most listened to episode over the year. According to Spotify, the podcast was checked out in 54 countries. Uh, the top five for Spotify was you're back at top England United. Well, sorry, I stand corrected. You're back on top United Kingdom. Um, United Kingdom number one, Ireland number two, the States number three, Australia number four, New Zealand number five. Um, oh wow, uh, your podcast was in the top five percent most shared globally. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you very much for all our listeners. You you do exactly what we ask on the podcast. 30% of those were direct links, 28% of you sharing through WhatsApp, 24% through another, 10% through Facebook, 8% through Instagram. So thank you very much. Those um, those statistics actually mean a lot. I would forgot about all of this, so I'm actually just reading through as as I'm uh, <laughs> I'm seeing it here for the first time again. Uh, so in the top five most shared globally. Thank you very much, everyone. That, that means an awful lot. Nice to know. You're getting in there, and you're in the top 10% most followed podcasts. Wow. Thank you. Um, this is, this is, and listeners scored the podcast 4.8, so 4.8 out of 5. That's why we're always asking listeners, you know, to give a, to give a five-star rating if you can on Spotify or iTunes or anything like that. I don't think iTunes gets statistics. I haven't got, I haven't got an email around that, so uh spotify gives the wrapped so with a score of 4.8 if you haven't already and you've learned something from the podcast or you've been entertained by the podcast please do give on and give a give a five-star review that would mean an awful lot um and an increase of 42 percent in followers over the last two years so all that shows is the podcast is just growing and growing and that's that's fantastic you're a top 10 top 10 podcast for 845 fans top five podcasts for 535 fans and you're the number one podcast for 148 fans so the 148 out of you out there that are in our number one the 535 that were in the top five and the 845 that were in the top 10 thank you very much it, it means an awful lot to to be a part of that so that's that's great i mean that's that's an interesting little statistic from from spotify uh spotify wrapped i'm sure you've had your wrapped my wrapped has been fucked during the year as it is every year because james my son in the car says oh will you put on my list he has his own spotify list so my top artists tend to be just stuff that's on his list that he listens to over and over and over again <laughs> so my my normal wrapped is a little bit warped because of that let's see what our own pod uh, our own statistics have to say just quickly actually um oh interesting so the um, from our own podcast host so this will take the statistics from everywhere the top five, let's see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 2, 4, 6 okay so the top 6 I can see just here on my screen uh, this, this I, I, I always go on about this one uh, in number 6 is Bahrain 
that that always baffles me that we're that's that's one of the highest countries that we are listened to. Canada, then number five, Australia, United States, Ireland, United Kingdom. So that's that's the statistics uh, from our podcast provider. And the most episode, most listened to episode, is actually one from this time last year. Uh, and I will give, I suppose, I suppose the, the the top five. Yeah, let's give the top five overall for the year. So episode. Uh, 86 was The Addicted Child with Richard Capriola uh, so teenagers etc facing addiction uh, Mindfulness Based Stress Reduction was number what's that number 4 Self Harm one of our very very early episodes that's episode 18 that was number 3 Narcissism then episode 83 which was number 1 on Spotify but overall was number 2 and then Suicide Left Behind with Amy that was our most listened to episode of the year probably a little bit of that carried forward from from the end of last year so that's the uh top five episodes overall and the top six countries from around the world from from all providers so to every one of those people i want to say a huge thank you it has meant an awful lot thank you for the continued success over the last year thank you for helping to grow the podcast i know there's been i know there's been a shift in the podcast and you know that's it's not always easy to to manage it all i've had to i've had to step back and push it to two weeks it's just too much for me to try and do and you know deal with guests every single week and uh, schedule and stuff like that so which is why it's it's a fortnightly episode now but thank you sincerely everybody uh, for the last for the last year please please help me to continue the success of the podcast by sharing the podcast by you know commenting and rating all of that helps because all we're trying to do here is help people with their mental health keep people alive in many cases as some of our correspondents even just this year has has proven and it means an awful lot to be a part of that and you are a part of all of that folks because if there wasn't people listening then obviously i wouldn't be i wouldn't be recording a podcast our guests wouldn't be coming on and telling their stories so thank you to you for your support and i mean that with sincerest gratitude for myself folks so Last episode, last episode we had Eric DeRosa. We've had two Eric's in a row. Uh, we had Eric Allen on about ADHD, and we had Eric DeRosa on two weeks ago talking about dissociation. A uh, very interesting episode. If you haven't, if you're on YouTube, bang, there's the there's the link flashing up on the top there. A um, couple of things that I took for myself for um, from the episode with Eric. One was the kind of little bit of as he called it the on air therapy. Um, and that pattern of the times of year, the dissociation, the time of change that he was going through in work, and he was starting to put that piece together himself, identifying, actually, this relates to this time of year. When I was younger, this would have been a stressful time, going back to school. He spoke about the academic and the sporting pressure that was on him from his parents. So that I thought that was very interesting that he was able to make that connection. I always say it's not a psychotherapy podcast. I am a psychotherapist, and things like that are just you know, the things we kind of uncover in therapy. So that was an interesting an interesting point that Eric was able to make as we went along. One of the other things that um, had stood out was the kind of, I don't know if it's an accurate term, but the extreme sports in terms of skiing and uh, the downhill mountain biking and stuff like that. Um, you know, both exercises where you need to be in the moment. There's no time to be thinking about anything else. And that that's what gets you away from anxiety. Anxiety has you living in the future really what you want to be doing is coming back into the here and now and you know you you have to be in the here and now unless you want to hit a tree and get yourself possibly killed in any of those sports so i thought that was an interesting point and 
The other thing that stood out for me from last week, and I, and I think it's an important point, and it's one I make, it's one I make constantly with clients. Uh, Eric had made the point, he goes, you know, I thought it was needy, you know, I was always saying I was needy, I was needy. The thing that I always say to clients is, having needs doesn't make you needy. And generally, we're only as needy as our biggest unmet need. So if we have an unmet need of being comforted or being supported um, or feeling that attachment, that's going to manifest. We, we That need persists. That, that void needs to be filled. So just because you have needs, that, that doesn't make you needy. So I think that's an important, an important point to make to, uh, to make to everyone. You know, having needs does not equal being needy. Uh, some people may dismiss that. Oh my God, you're so fucking needy, you know, because you need to be close or you need reassurance or anything like that. But, you know, a loving partner or a loving friend or a loving uh, family member, you know, they're in a position to, to meet that need for you. Hopefully, unfortunately, what happens is those needs haven't been met and that's why that void exists. And I suppose coming up to this time of year, it's Christmas time. It's a time to be around family. Uh, it's a very difficult time for for many people, and I and I see that in the increase in client work for myself. You know, we see we're we're sold the movies, we're sold Home Alone, we're sold all the Christmas movies, the loving families, um, all of the TV ads, and they're all, you know, they're not fucking selling the product that they're actually selling. They're they're, they're selling a, a an emotional moment in in the advertisements, and. It's always around family. It's always about being loving. It's always about being together. And a lot of people don't have that. It's an extremely lonely time of year for people. And it is also a time of year when, yes, families do get together. And that can be an extremely difficult environment to be in. In Ireland, and I'm sure as is in many countries, you know, a very common phrase is blood is thicker than water. You know, family first. That's your brother. That's your sister. Or that's your ma. Or that's your dad. And they have to be prioritized. And that's all well and good. Under normal circumstances, if you grew up in a toxic environment, all that does is lead you to maintain that toxic relationship. Perhaps even out of your own, outside of your own desire, there's the pressure. And I'd often say to clients where to go, oh, I had to go and visit my mother. I had to go and visit my sister or whatever like that. And, and I can tell from how to speak about it. I was like, OK, well, is that out of duty or is that out of desire? And they're going out of duty. They're going out of guilt. And they're going out of people that may have no respect for the boundaries that they try and put in place you know and they're guilted into visiting they don't want to visit or you know you fall back into those old dynamics and maybe a parent or a family member has a alcohol problem and of course everyone's drinking more at christmas time and it gets into this kind of toxic situation of people being belligerent and obnoxious and violent maybe even with drink involved and stuff like that so i suppose for the time of year that it is uh, it's an imp- extremely important time that you need to look after yourself. And, you know, sometimes looking after yourself is not being around certain kinds of people. Um, and there's no there's no harm in that. You know, being, uh, being selfish isn't looking after yourself. Self-care is not selfish. So I think it's an important point for anyone to remember that this is a difficult time. These people are may not may not be the best people in your life. And one one thing I'd I'd very often say to clients would be, if that person wasn't your mother, father, brother, sister, would you have them as a friend? And the amount of times I've had clients say to me, God no, like my brother's a fucking bollocks, my sister's an almighty bitch, they're horrible people, they are not pleasant people. There's absolutely no way I would have those people in my life. 
but that's Matt with, well, that's your brother, that's your sister, blood is taking the water. So just because someone's family, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're good people to be around. So I suppose just to urge, urge caution around looking after yourself for what is an extremely difficult time of the year for many people. We're sold the movies, we're sold the advertisements. It's all about family, it's all about being together. And many people don't have that. So I'd just like to make that point that it's okay at this time of year to look after yourself. One of our listeners to the podcast has been Rachel. She's here to tell her story around dyslexia. I'll be back at the end, folks. So this week on the podcast, we are jumping back over across the Irish Sea, I'd imagine, guessing by the accent, because we are going to talk to a name that is very familiar to listeners of the podcast, uh, a huge supporter of the podcast uh, throughout our time, always has a comment and always has has messages to send in. And it's always made a, a big difference to to me and the previous co-host to, to read your feedback so we want to say a big thank you to Rachel. Rachel how Hi. are you doing this evening? I'm okay you? I'm, I'm doing I'm doing all right I'm doing all right where where is that accent? Sheffield all South right. Yorkshire. Yeah yeah Ashling's old stomping ground up around there I knew there was a bit of Yorkshire in there yeah. Yeah. So what's what's been going on with you how, how have you been feeling recently? Uh, recently, uh, not too bad. Just, just, I, I've got a week off work, so I'm just gonna chill and get some coursework done. So, yeah, you are doing counselling courses, is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. And and well, you've in, inspired me to do it. Well, that's that means an awful lot. And how is it going for you so far? Uh, it's good. Um, I, I'm only on unit one at the moment, and I'm I'm kind of struggling on the psychodynamic theory of Freud's. It's just just, mm-hmm. just trying to put it, it in your own words, and yeah, I'll get there though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we get into before we get into anything, uh, Rachel. So uh, as as a listener to the podcast, and you know, thank you very much for all the kind words over over all of the correspondence we've had we've had from you. Well, one thing we do on the podcast is you know guests that come on, and as was with with previous co-hosts, we look we look just kick off with a with a perhaps a, a smile and a royal. Do you have do you have either a smile or a royal for us? Uh, I'll have a, a royal. It's, it's... Right. all right. Oh, straight in. All right. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Give me a second. One second, watch. Here we go. Can you see the red? I can't really see the red. I was trying to go all dramatic there, but the other lights are too bright. I was trying to go red for your royal there, but we'll we'll have to go back to the we have to go back to the blue. What's got your royal? What's what's going on with you? It's um, it, it's just the cold in general. I uh, <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I I'm I'm not a, a winter person. It's too yeah. cold for my liking. Yeah, nor me. We have um, so we had Eric and he was on talking about not Eric Allen, our ADHD guest, but uh, Eric was he's on talking about. Uh, disassociation and intrusive thoughts and anxiety, and he was he was telling the story on the last episode of uh, being in Hawaii. This was his royal. I'm like, and he's talking about swimming with the turtles, and he's all, on about all this. I'm like, where's the fucking royal in this? But his royal was when he got back to Colorado, and it's all snow and stuff yeah. like that. So, uh, as someone that absolutely hates the cold, 
I can I can absolutely uh, sympathise with that one. You know, it's not. It's been kind of mild. Weather weather in Ireland has been kind of mild recently, but I think we're due we're due a cold spell. So uh, I will I will certainly share in that because we give out enough about the weather on the podcast, but all of the rain that we had over the summer and all of that. So I, I'll certainly I'll certainly share that royal. I got a bit of a I got a bit of a royal myself. Um. And it's it's a bit it's a bit of a big one. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna fuck you right in the deep end here, Rachel, because okay. uh, this this That's is a pretty fine. big one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had we had uh, Teresa Lavina on the podcast uh, last year, I think it was. She had made a documentary around the mother and baby homes. Um, yeah. June baby yeah. homes. Yeah, listen. Uh, listen. Very very difficult uh, listen, and uh, it's a topic that gets me. It gets my blood boiling. So for anyone that's unfamiliar, so. In Ireland, uh, within the last century, up before the 90s, this was still going on up into the 80s, there was uh, mother and baby homes. So for unmarried mothers or um, pregnant women, this kind of stuff, they were put into these homes. Very often the babies were taken off them. In many incidences, the babies were sold uh, to a lot of very rich Americans and stuff like that. If anyone's ever seen the film uh, Philomena, um, that's the topic of that the uh steve coogan movie um he was in that and which is based on a true story and it's uh it's it's a very difficult watch these these were homes ran by typically the catholic nuns and uh in ireland and you know women in these institutions were beaten the children were beaten the children were kept in separate schools they weren't allowed mix with the the good boys and girls because there, there were something wrong with them all of that um so if you haven't listened to that episode uh i can't remember the name but i'll, but I'll pop it up on screen you'll find it on on your podcast provider our mother and baby homes episode but i had a client uh start during the week and she was uh she was in she was in mm-hmm. one of the yeah she was an orphan in in one of those institutions and uh, the beatings and uh, the, the sexual molestation that that went on in there, and it just, I and I had to had to say it was like, look, I I need to hold my hands up and go like, this fucking boils my blood, and this, you know, she's and she's in her seventies, and it's you know this has affected her throughout her whole life, you know the, um, the self esteem, the shame, the you know believing she's unlovable and. You know, this is this is an institution uh, as the Catholic Church that has deprived this woman of 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 that of that life because of what they put her through as in a young child. So that's me, Royal. This week, I fucked you right in there, Rachel. You know, you were just you're just like, all right, slightly, you know, yeah, slightly. yeah, yeah, yeah. The weather's the weather's kind of shit, and then I come in, <laughs> and then I come in with that. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so if any hasn't listened, please do listen back to that episode. It's uh, uh, Teresa talking about trying to get her documentary screened and stuff like that. So it's a uh, it's a it's a tough it's a tough listen, but uh, an excellent one. And like I said, this these people and that were in these institutions that have children. And you know the children are growing up with parents have been in that institution, and the emotional connection, and um, you know it, that's it's they're deprived of that then uh, yeah. throughout throughout their life. So that's 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 a heavy one. So have, have you got a smile for us then, Rachel? Uh, my week off, so I'm just I'm just going to chill. <laughs> have okay. you got a smile? 
Have I got a smile? I do have a smile. Uh, I wish I had a, Well, I do have... I'm, I'm taking... I'll be off over to Christmas, so I'm very much looking forward to that. A little bit burned out at the minute, so I'm kind of living for the next couple of weeks where it'll be shut down, play video games and, and, and watch movies. Uh, but my smile... That's probably up around... It's probably probably filmed probably not too far from your neck of the woods. Have you ever seen the TV show Brassic? With no. uh, Joe Gilgun? Is it good? It's very good. Yeah, yeah. For uh, This is England uh, for that TV show that was on. Uh, Joe Kilgum was in that show. Also filmed up north, up around. Um, I think he was up. Around, up I think it was up, up around Nottingham. I think that one was done. But oh, okay. uh, Brassic is a is a Sky TV show. Um, I I watched the first two seasons, but I've only just caught up. So there's season three and four to go. Um, so that's 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 got me smiling at the minute. It's very good. It's kind of has a kind of tone of, uh, Lockstock or uh, Lockstock Two Smoking Barrels or Snatch that kind of yeah, they're always on the yeah. they're always on the make always on the looking out for the next shady deal uh, kind of thing and um, the actress uh, Michelle Keegan uh, she's in it she's in it as well so very good so I've been doing fuck all recently. The, the crown was my last was my last smile, and, and this week it's brassic, so you can you can tell what I've been up to outside of working and and editing the the, the podcast. So that's that's my smile. That's my smile this week. It's good. A, li- a little bit lighter, obviously, than than my royal. <laughs> so with all of that being said, Rachel, we've got you on because we're here to talk about dyslexia and um, your experience, what that's been like for you. So before we get into any of that, could you just give us maybe a little bit of background of yourself, of who you are, whatever you're, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Uh, I'm Rachel. I'm from Sheffield. I've just turned 30 a couple of weeks ago. Um, I currently work in mental health as a support worker. So I've been in mental health for six years now. And yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah. The, the best job it's challenging but it's it's good mm-hmm. what what does that what does that job entail then uh, for for the listeners that may not be familiar with what it is so i deal with people uh, who are sectioned under mental fact so mm-hmm. it, it's um it, it can be challenging mm-hmm. uh, so these could well, be people that are a, a, a threat to themselves or a threat to other people through, yes, through mental illnesses, yes. stuff like that. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, I, uh, but I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy working with my work colleagues um, and I have a good good rapport with service users. So it's, yeah, it's a really Tough good job. job. Tough job, yeah, though. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah. Come does that does that job itself does that come with its own mental health challenges for you? Uh, it does because of course you you're supporting someone else who who is who can be unwell and it's sometimes you can get burned uh, you can get burnt out if you do because mm. cause sometimes I do overtime or. But but I'm I'm trying to not do as much overtime because it's like it's a very emotionally demanding the job. So so you've got to learn how to like 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 not just be in work all the time. Just mm. just try and like like you know work hard, play harder, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah. So when we talk about uh, burnout, it can also for people in the in the helping profession, shall we say, whether that's therapists or you know support workers like yourself or you know doctors, nurses. There's what what can be called compassion fatigue. Um, so you know you you give so much and you know your energy is sort of you know drained within these within these environments because you know it can be particularly challenging and stuff like that so it does lend itself to to a lot of to a lot of burnout um and hence you know coming up to christmas where i will just shut down (laughs) come back in the new year recharged uh, hopefully (laughs) so that's 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 the plan that's the plan anyway how did you get into that work uh rachel was it something you've always Uh... been interested in or so I first my first ever job were in security. So you know when you've got um you know at football matches you've got the safety stewards. The stewards, yeah. Yeah, I I, I was one of them. So and then I, I got my it's called your SAA badge. So it's um so so you be so you're allowed to like like work in like like licensed premises like like bars clubs mm-hmm. as well as and and you can remove people like like if they're causing a nuisance mm. so a bouncer um, is what people yeah. might what other people yeah. might call it yeah yeah license yeah, to yeah. punch the yeah. head off fucking drunken um, idiots if they start giving you shit. No, 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 I've never punched no, not anyone. you. You would have never done that, Rachel. Obviously not. Not definitely, definitely wouldn't have been you. But again, another but then, geez, both, both tough jobs. You know, you're typically dealing yeah. with people with drink. People in matches are typically drinking and drunken football fans and tough gigs. I've had, um, I've had a lot. So, so I, I've done like like student bars as well, and I had. Um, people thrown up on me and it's not nice but no just gotta no and it was wanting to get out of that then was it that that led you you into the the other field yeah i uh i just typed in uh mental health units and some certain units came up and i just applied a couple of times and then i i managed to a job interview and that's this is where I've been for six years mm. and any particularly difficult cases that you've ever had to work with or you know what's what's been kind of some of the challenges for you in, in that work it's it's um, it can be it, it can be physical sometimes like like because there can be a lot of self harm sometimes, mm. Mm. Um, depending or or someone's unwell and become violent uh, sometimes, but 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 that's only a rare case. They're in, so they're in the minority. At times, yeah, 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 yeah. So 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 on a good day, you know, you just, just you know watch TV. Mm. With service users, you know, take them out on leave, which is yeah. is which is good, and and you know what, I, it's it's nice to see them progress. Um, when they do get discharged, like like from where when they come in, you know, from where they come to us, and then and then they move on, and yeah, 
it's really nice to see. Apologies for the interruptions, folks. I did have an issue with my car, and my very good mechanic, Yuri, dropped the car back out to me, so I had to, had to cut short there a little bit. Uh, so my apologies to everyone, and my sincerest and humblest apologies to you, Rachel. Uh, okay. Apologies for the for the break. But you got to have a coffee. Yep. Yeah. It's nearly it's quarter to seven in the evening. Uh, I'm recommending Rachel doesn't drink coffee at this time, so she doesn't fuck up her sleep schedule, but she says she's immune. You reckon you can, you reckon you can down it and you're good to go? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we had we were talking about you know the, the the mental health difficulties that can become in in your own work and um thankfully the minority of uh, those experiences around self-harm and injury and stuff like that to, to people but but you have witnessed you have witnessed stuff like that have you uh yeah 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 it's uh, Difficult. It, it's it can be but but i've always i've had we've always had a good team on and uh, we have like a debrief, which is good. So, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in general, would you say that you know the training prepares you for stuff like that, or is there no preparation for stuff uh, like that? I would say, oh, of course, you've got all your, you know, your health and safety, as well as it, it's more on the job training. You, mm-hmm. you you just pick it up really and yeah you know it's like 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 sometimes you could get chucked in deep end sometimes but hey i guess i guess you can learn quicker like that so yeah so you, yeah. you have a flow yeah, of sink yeah i've had a few clients that have worked in like you know paramedics or yeah. you know fire brigade stuff like that and you know there's 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 no training for some of the things you do come across. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it's on the job kind of stuff and some of the things that they would have witnessed, you know, there isn't there's nothing you can do to prepare for that. You just you just come across it. Um the thing we're on to talk about, you you had sent a, a message in uh, a couple of weeks ago and Rachel here again, not sure whether or not you've had someone with learning difficulties on, such as dyslexia. If not, you're happy to come on and share your story on the podcast. Times it gets down and at times you have to work harder. The education system feels like you're set to fail at times. Tell us a little bit about your experience then, Rachel. So, so I... What made you get in contact with that message? Well, well, I think, of course, you've had, you know, people on with ADHD, autism, Mm. Which, which I I thought, um, I think to share my story and see if other people may might be able to relate or not. Um, mm. Yeah, just thought to yeah, come some, on. Someone and... always, yeah, someone always relates because you know we're telling human stories and yeah. being humans. Someone, this is going to resonate with someone. Every every guest resonates with, resonates with someone out there. So um, you know it's important to come on because. And this is why, you know, if you look, if you look through the back catalogue of the, of the show, you know, there's such random topics, like, yeah. you know, topics you wouldn't imagine to be on, you know, when people think of a mental health podcast, they're thinking, okay, you're going to do depression, you're going to do anxiety, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, and then you come across something like oh, autism, ADHD, or, or dyslexia, or other learning difficulties and go, well, what's that got to do? It's like, because of the impact that it has on your yeah. mental health. Yeah. Um, what what's been your experience? Take take us back to the to the start, Rachel, of of when this sort of cropped up on your radar. So when 
because my dad has dyslexia and my uncle's got dyslexia, so they are... My dad's in his late 50s, my uncle's in his late 50s, so they grew up that their schooling were in 80s, where where dyslexia was being more recognised. Uh, so, but then my granddad had to push for, for him to get tested and um, granddad worked very hard and he paid for like, like extra lessons for him and as well as uh, the full test. Um, so their, their lessons were like, like £20 per hour back then. So, Big chunk so of change. Were, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of money back then, I think. Um, so, so with my dad being kn- knowing that he was dyslexic, I, he's um, I, I'm I'm a firstborn of um, two. Um, I've I've got a sibling, um, mm. a brother. So, so when when they notice like difficulties, my mom and dad, they. Um, they pushed for extra help and stuff, so w- which were really good. Um, so I got like like screened in in, in primary school um, that I've may have in indicated. Um, so so at school you only get screened for dyslexia, so because there's not enough funding in 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 education, unless you go to university. Because university's got more funding, so um, to do the full test, because um, I think I think the full test is with a educational psychologist uh, or someone who is trained to test. Um, but it's it's it, it it's I believe it's a skilled you know it's a profession to do it to to test. But it's like four hundred and fifty pound. Mm. To, to do it which is it's, mm. it's quite a lot of money to um so so at school i i was below um with reading with spelling um i did have a stammer when i was younger as well so i couldn't pronounce my like 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 th's as well as you know the u- usual like ph- phonics um, yeah, yeah. So I have that problem, but, I, but I'm just Irish, Rachel. <laughs> so, it's okay. Over there, <laughs> tree. <laughs> Every Irish person knows that one when you go to England. Oh, say thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a you had a genuine reason. Mm. It's um so so in I think I think I had so at school. You know when they make you read out loud, mm. that was my worst nightmare. It's it's mm. it's like because because you're like like in a class of thirty people, and then you you stammering and and you're reading slow and yeah, it's it, it don't really do your self esteem good at all. Um, mm. so I think, I think I may have like, like some form of, I wouldn't say trauma, but, but it's, it, it still sticks with me, I think. Mm. 
Um, and would you would would the teachers have been understanding at the time, or would they have been like, you know, uh, what's wrong with you? Why are you, are you slow? Like, what's some, what, what does that look like? I'm just I'm just actually I tell you what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of your dad. I'm thinking that definitely wouldn't be the experience of school in Ireland in the eighties. That's mm. you know those, those supports certainly weren't there around yeah. dyslexia or anything like that. I mean, what that would have looked like, and I've seen it in many clients that I've worked with, uh, who would later be diagnosed with, you know, ADHD or dyslexia or autism and stuff like that, is they were basically made to sit in the back corner of the class. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, there were just a little bit, quotation marks for our listeners that, that can't see, they were a little bit slow. Yeah. You yeah. know, or they might be brought out to a remedial class and, and stuff like this. Like, And then, you know, there was very much an emphasis on, well, there's something not right with that lad yeah kind of thing you know and a lot of a lot of clients i've worked with and it's had massive massive impact on them throughout their life uh the impact that's had on their self-esteem they grow up thinking they're thick they grow up thinking they're sorry thick thick i'm <laughs> i'll pronounce it properly but <laughs> just okay. just as we're on just as we're on the topic but they grow up thinking that they're stupid they grow up thinking that there's something wrong with them and very often fucking you know teachers you know back in the 80s there was still corporate punishment in schools yeah. in ireland you know, you you still get a slap off a teacher um, that, you know, was thinks that you you can't read or there's something wrong with you. And then th- yeah. they would go home to their parents. They're doing homework and it's creating massive fucking rows because they're just not learning. They're just not taking it in. They can't yeah. read it properly. They're stressed down between the parents. And then it's just a disaster, yeah. you know, I think- in school and then out of school. Uh, I think when I did like 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 bring like like stuff home to work, um, my mom and dad did help me like like the best that I could like like they could. But I, I used to go to like like her, um homework after sc- school club stuff mm. like that to try and catch up and 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 I think um, so so in primary I did I did have like like special like. Like, like like special like like lessons and stuff to but but they were so so in year six you do your sats so it's just, just like a general like like exam what to see what level you are at i think keys is it key skills is it key skills one or something and then in secondary so so when I left, so what what age would you be at that time then, Rachel? For our 11? listeners around the world, eleven. Eleven. Okay, yeah. yeah. Eleven. Yeah. So uh, in Ireland, that's probably something you would do maybe in sixth class or just before you start going to high school, kind of thing. Yeah, is yeah. It? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so I was below average in uh, my uh, like like reading, maths, and thingy. So so I was like two. Because they did it in like 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 four, uh, but they did it like A B C. So it's like like four A, B C. Then then it will go down now up. So so I was a four. No, no, I was a two two B. When I went up to secondary school, I had extra. Actually, the, the, the school help was really good because I used to like like come out of certain subjects like like weren't weren't really that meaningful um so so i used to like have like like extra and i would have like like a teacher what helped me and and i went up two grades so yeah yeah Mm. really good school that so 
Yeah, I think I think you're very lucky in that sense to to, to have the support of the school. Uh, outside of the testing, I mean, were you aware that, for want of a better word, there was something wrong? Did, uh, yeah, yeah. Or was it just when they said, "Well, she's a little bit behind," or you know, because many many students in school, you know, don't like reading out in front of the class. You know, that's you don't yeah. have to be dyslexic or there to be learning difficulties for that. Um, so when, when did you start becoming aware prior to the, prior to the testing? I think, I think, I think before maybe like, because when, you know, when you, when you notice like you, you're going out of classes to get like, like extra help and stuff and, I think you do notice and um yeah it's um yeah you do you do notice and, and you feel different you feel like I think I think as I got older and stuff you know like like, like in my jobs sometimes I feel like like imposter syndrome you know like 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 can I do this like like, like, could I have done something else? But, but I think, but then, you know, when people say like, because I didn't, I didn't get the best grades in GCSE, so, so I got like like D's. I think I got one C in. So in science, it it was more vocational. So, so it was more coursework, like like testing. So we would do like, like 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 Bunsen burner. We would like like do like like atoms, but then we had mm. to write about it. There were mm. no exams, and I think that was my only C. Um, but but it does kind of give you a disadvantage when you are applying for like certain courses at college so so you like at like a lower level so i think i think at college you need you need more you need more motivation uh and i think at that time i didn't i didn't really have that much motivation but but i think you know when people like say uh Oh yeah, you, sh- you, sh- you should have done better at school and stuff, but but I tried my hardest. Like mm-hmm. like like I can remember my GCSEs. Like 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 during that two two year period, it, it was hard. I was just trying to trying to do stuff and yeah I, yeah, cause cause at school I f- I, f- I think you're doing. You, you you're doing your main ones like like your maths and English, and your science. But then you've got RS, which is religious studies, as well as mm. like citizenship, geography, um, stuff like that. And and I think it's hard to keep up with. I think I think there's too much pressure for kids these days. Like like school wise, I think. Mm. And would would the other kids have ever said anything to you about the fact that you need to be taken out of class? Was there any any kind of bullying around it, or would there ever been any comments or remarks made to you? I think sometimes, yeah, it's just like I think I think I can remember. So 
so on my on my exam day on my um results day like of of course you share your results and stuff and mm. it weren't you know i was a little bit disappointed but i gotten onto the course what i want and and someone the year below me says oh yeah i've heard that you got fudge so so it's like so like f u d g so so they said that and 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 it was like a dig like 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 at my grades and mm. that kind of made me feel like shit um Okay. What did you lose interest in school then, or you know, did you was it school overall difficult for you? Did you just uh, kind of plod through it, or I I, I did plot through and stuff, and I like like good friends. I've I've still got my friends who who I still keep in touch with. I've I've known them since primary school. We're really close, so. So, mm. so I've only got a few, like, like few close friends. So, which, which I I like it like that. So, yeah. And when people think dyslexia, they think, oh, the 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 words are just jumbled. Uh, it's it's more than that. Yes. Or is yes. it? Do do you have also have that experience of the letters are jumbled up or the words are a little bit reversed what what does your experience of dyslexia look like so my experience it can be my reading speed as well as um dictation um i can't dictate um you know when someone's like this is like like note taking mm. i i i miss words out and it's really hard like like i struggled always like like note taking as bit because the teacher would be too fast and and I would always have to like like borrow someone else's book but but then occasions I would forget the book and that becomes a problem so so so, so it, it can be short term memory as well so mm. so which is um but then like 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 if I'm like copying like 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 something like like from like a screen like or or book um and writing down exactly i'll I'll put another word in which is weird so Mm -hmm. so but then but then what what i do is like if it's wrong i start a new paper it's it's like because I'm a little, a little bit funny with that. I'm I'm a little bit funny with like certain pens because I like to, you know, like, like try and be neat and stuff. But mm. it it's, it's it's not always the case. Mm. Uh, but I think um, there is. Uh, I do sometimes struggle with money, uh, like like counting money, uh, as well as keeping tabs on my own money, really. Um, so it's, and I don't know whether or not that's got me in debt more, um, luckily I'm paying it off, so, so, so debt comes with its own struggles of, like, like, mental health, like, like, trying to, like, like, cash up with stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, that's, that's going to, that's going to lead to stress and, uh, you know, again, that's going to impact your, your mental health and. 
you know, we hear that we hear that saying of you know, money doesn't buy you happiness, and uh, you know, that, and that's certainly true. But how, how I always describe that to people is, well, no, but it certainly acts as a buffer against stress. Mm. So say say for example, so I just you know I got my car fixed. You know, if if I didn't have the money to get that car fixed, that's going to be stressful. Whereas, you know, it's like, oh, fuck's sake, it's an inconvenience. And, you know, I had to go out because the mechanic dropped the car. You know, that that's an inconvenience. Or I don't I don't have the car for the day is an inconvenience. Yeah. If I didn't have the money to fix the car, now that's going to be stressful. So, you know, yeah. debt has, that's going to have an absolutely massive impact uh, on, on your stress levels and, and the toll that that takes on your, on your mental health level as well. And you're saying for you, it's, you know, managing money and, uh, not just letters and numbers, but you know this has a huge impact in in other areas in your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say, especially when you are older, um, when when you start dating, of course, we're like we're like in the generation of Tinder, Bumble, mm. uh, stuff like that, or Hinge. And mm. I think it's it, it's hard to keep up with like. Like, of course, you you keep an eye out on your grammar, and it's like it, it's like if your grammar's wrong, it's like like what do they think of it? And sometimes it's good to be forward, like I like say. I was just like, gonna say, do you, do you tell people? Just go. Oh yeah, yeah. Just yeah, let you know yeah. I'm dyslexic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is mm. yeah, but but then I think online dating can be a little bit. Mm, it's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but but there's also so I use like 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 reading aids. So I've not got it on me, but it's like a blue acetate sheet. So so it'll help. So I struggle reading on black and white mostly, and the blue acetate sheet will like like calm the. With black and white mm-hmm. down, which which mm-hmm. does help. Um, I use um, so you know on Word they can, it, it'll dictate to you, so so it can like like read aloud. So mm-hmm. so that's ideal. Like 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 if I'm doing coursework, as well as I've um, I've never been able to read a full book, so so I just have audio books myself so so i'm um i'm actually Again, you know, listening to lord of the rings oh very good oh, jesus <laughs> that's going to be a long time <laughs> it'll be a long time before you finish it's, that one it, but it's again, 20 you know, hours Oh God! But again, something that has been deprived of you know you know the joy of picking up a book and flicking through a book yeah. and you know something that for you is great difficulty where the rest of us you know, take that for granted. I've gone, oh, I can't wait now finish off this or, you know, yeah. just getting back just into that of being able to pick up a, pick up a book, flick through it, whatever maybe something else that is, is a difficulty for you in your life. Mm. You mentioned also uh, when you were younger, uh, you had a stammer. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what, what was that experience? Yeah, like we've I done, to... we've, we've covered that as a topic on the podcast in the past. Yeah, I, I I heard about that uh, episode. It was it was really good, mm. really good uh, episode. That uh, I um, so 
so it was just like, like like delayed in speech. I couldn't I couldn't get my words out. So it's like I think I think my my stammer went um, when I started working in security. So so because I've had, so I don't know whether or not my stammer were due to nerves mm. or. Uh, but but it more or less when when I went started working um, in security because I think you had to put on that persona of being confident and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, I I do occasionally like like stammer if I'm nervous. So yeah, we had uh, had to look up there, Robert. We had Robert O'Brien on. He was talking about stammering and the impact that had had in his life. Uh, why do you think? The security work changed. Was it just confidence, or what? What do you think shifted for for you in it, Rachel? Uh, I think it's just working with different people, as well as um, I think because you've you've got to put it bluntly, you've you've got to grow some balls. Oh yeah, yeah. To because um, I was eighteen when I. Like like first started and you've got to you've got to like 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 not shout but you've got to be assertive. Mm. So and and I think it it takes skill to be assertive mm. when no, you need to be. Yeah. yeah. And was that was there any bullying around any of that or when you were younger? Uh yes yeah yeah yeah. Okay. What did yeah, what did that went, look like? I just like just just name calling, um, just 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 people just like 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 commenting on on it. So so it's like like when I had to read out at class, uh, like they'll be like like certain whispers sometimes. So and at time in in times in your life when we had Robert on, he was talking about you know times of anxiety or times of stress. Um, his his stammer would be worse. Uh, do you do you still experience this or? Uh, I do occasionally if I'm if I'm tired or yeah, that was going to be or, thing. <laughs> or if I'm nervous. So, um, yeah. yeah. Rob Robert or, described himself yeah. as a as a covert stutterer. You know, so yeah. it's not you know it's not overt. You know, it's not immediately evident. Um, yeah. You you'd be the same then, would you be more of a covert uh, stutterer? I think so. I think I think so. It's um it's gotten better like like over the years, which which helps. And I think I think with like just just life experience, um, you become more confident, I guess. I think mm. just in general. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong. I've um I've had my like. Like, like anxiety and, and my low moods um so so this year i've been being like yeah so so unfortunately i lost someone this year to suicide and and that affected me recently so mm. yeah we we had uh, amy on before and the suicide and left behind of you know what it's like to be left behind after someone has completed suicide, and you found yourself in that position this year. Yeah. yeah well, what's that been like for you? How have you managed that? Uh, I'm just having you know 
uh, when I found out about it, I had three weeks off work. So, so I think, I think if you're working in mental health and you know someone who, who's close to you, who is, who has done done like, like done that, I think, mm. I think you need. I think it's hard to like like, like go in. I think you need time out to. To get get yourself sorted, really, because when I found out, I was due on. I was due on shit that night shift, and I couldn't. Uh, I rang up and just rang work, and they said, like like, like, like don't come in today, like because you, you, you know, think you need some time, and then mm. I put a put a sick note for three weeks and I up my uh, antidepressants so 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 I take antidepressants or well, it's mo- it's mostly anxiety so it, so it does both uh, I think yeah, yeah. um so because I've always been like an anxious person anyway so uh so 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 that's kind of brought my levels up and it's don't get me wrong i do my my ups and downs and like 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 certain like like anniversaries and stuff like like of that person so Mm. so it's you know it's that Mm. this little reminder which affects you i think yeah i think you know for a lot of clients that i would say you know that have lost someone um you know like everyone knows like anniversaries are going to be difficult or the first christmas is going to be difficult or you know significant events are going to be difficult um but what i kind of try to pre-warn clients about is well absolutely they're you know they're absolutely going to be hard but it's them ones that catch you by surprise like a song comes on the radio or an ad comes on the tv or you know they're the ones that fucking blindside you and they're you know they're the really difficult pieces to deal with in grief of you know the ones that blindside you and you're just in tears because an ad came on the tv that reminded you of that person or something like that you know so it's really hard to because you can't prepare for them once you know like everyone knows coming up coming up to christmas like okay it's gonna be a difficult time like you know you need to mind yourself and you know get a lot of family around you and stuff like that and you can you can kind of prepare for that but them ones that there's no preparation for i think just hit you i think it uh, as well as um like like facebook memories as well like mm-hmm. like 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 on that day if you had if, you know if someone's tagged you mm. or, or or you've had a picture up of of you and them i think it does yeah so 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 looking back like 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 over the years like like, I think it's kind of like, like not triggered, but like like slightly reminds you like like of them not being there. So mm. yeah, and that was this year you said, right? It was. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. What helped you to get through it? Uh, friends, family, work colleagues, cause cause I have a really good banter with my work colleagues and they've been supportive so so i think when when you're at work and, and you're working 
like like in the big team, you're spending like like seven to eight hours with him, or because because mm. I work over, I, I I do like short shifts, so it's like so it's seven while three or half one until half nine. Then there's night shift, so so I'm on a mi- mixture of patterns, so so I'm working with different work colleagues and and. Yeah. I think you create that bond, you know. Mm. You, you and like is that in, in in residential care, Rachel? Is it? Would you be in uh, a yes. house or are you in? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 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 Now, obviously, you know, you're going to be spending seven or eight hours with these people and in a house, yeah. and there's not always something going on. So there's plenty of time to be sitting around and chatting and catching up with each other and getting to know each other and. Thank, thankfully, you've got some good people around you by the sound of it that have that have helped yeah. you with that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our night out at Christmas. <laughs> you got you got the Christmas party coming up, have you? Yeah, yeah. All right, there'll be drunken shenanigans, shall there? Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> Unfortunately, being self-employed as a therapist, I don't get a I don't get a work night out. <laughs> it'll it'll be That's me. Sure. Yeah, just sitting in the corner of the pub on my own. <laughs> Very sad image. You know, this this is part of your shit. <laughs> and the boss is a prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um you you mentioned earlier the the course, so you're 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 moving on to do your, your counseling course uh course. Uh you mentioned Freud and psychodynamics, so for people psychodynamic theory would be traditionally what would have been psychoanalytic theory of Freud and Carl Jung and all of that sort of stuff. Not difficult at the best of times. When you're going in with dyslexia, I'd imagine it's it's difficult for you as well. Yeah, it's um but I've um, I've got so so at the moment I'm doing I'm doing this one online, which and so so I know so if you need a level four, which is to qualify, well to be recognised as a counsellor. So mm. so I'm just doing this as like like of a like a taster, like 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 this is your like, kind of like introduction mostly, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then I will go into the level two, uh, hopefully in September, which will be 25 weeks. So, so which will be like, like group work and stuff. And, Mm. and then going on to the level three, then hopefully level four. So, Mm. so. And. Sorry, I know you you'd said you know it's it's expensive to get officially diagnosed. Anyone that's tried to get diagnosed in you know particularly in Ireland, it might be a little bit better over there with the NHS and stuff like that. But uh, it's extremely difficult and it's extremely expensive over here. Uh, have you had an official diagnosis? You know, do, do you need that in terms of work or college to go well? We so, need an official diagnosis to get you the support that you might need. Or so so it let's say if you're doing open university um so so if you need that extra support or or if you're going to university you need you need to get a formally diagnosed because mm-hmm. we have it's a dis- disability student allowance so so what fund you you, you know your learning age your, your computer your printing so mm. so so sometimes um, I would need um, to print 
print some stuff off and then I'll highlight it uh, or, or make physical notes. Um, but th this is... <sighs> so, so for you to get that funding, they need proof, which, mm. which I do understand why. Mm. But it's it's I think I think if you I think if you go into university like 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 a red brick or um or like um so so in Sheffield we've got two universities. We've got uni of, of Sheffield and then we've got Sheffield Hallam. So so I think if you apply for them and then if you they recognise or, or if you tell them that you're dyslexic, they'll put you through the test uh, themselves. But I think um, if you do like open university, you've got to try and like, like arrange for yourself mm -hmm. to to do your um, your test, yeah, assessment because it's it's three hours long. But then it, it's having the money up front as mm -hmm. well. So, but I know you can, depending on, on, on your family income, you can claim so much of that money back, which mm. is good, I guess. So, mm. but it's just, just having the money up front, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all one thing to claim it back, but it's another thing to have it up front. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's, it's a difficulty. And as you said, of, you know, you can understand, you know, because someone could just go in and go, well, I'm dyslexic. So, you know, I, I need to be graded differently or something like that. So, yeah. Okay, well, where's, where's your proof? You know, oh. but, and this is, you know, and I spoke about this on the episode with Eric around, you know, the, the difficulties the parents have of not wanting their child to have a label, you know, to say that the kid yeah. is ADHD or something like that, or dyslexia. Well, they can manage or, I was like, well, you know, there is, for want of a better word, term, benefits to the official yeah. diagnosis that you can yeah. like you know as someone that's diagnosed autistic i have i have the paperwork to say you know in a college environment or hospital environment that allowances be made because of you know this this yeah. uh, diagnosis and stuff like that and as you as you mentioned you know disability and it is acknowledged and it is yeah. a disability dyslexia is a disability it's not just yeah. you know words are a little bit scrambled it is a recognized disability yeah it's um it's, it's just having that extra time really what you need or or like 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 reading like you know like 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 even if you have like a different screen or or you have like like software what what you can speak into um mm, mm. I've heard that dragons I think it's called dragon and and you read into it um but not read to it. Um, it's a dictation it. software. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you speak it and it and it types it for you. Yeah. yeah. So so today I had a a screening at work to to see that I am like like dyslexic. So so that test I'd like like you've um vocabulary which i weren't too bad on but then you've got your uh your dictation um so you had to like like dictate and then you had to um so like say they do like do like like different sequences so so it was like different shapes but code mm -hmm. and then you had to 
you have to put the numbers in like like what the code were so so it can be timed as well as numbers like 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 they would like like read you the numbers um then you had to type it in after and then and then today i've had to so i had to do that but then you've also had to reverse it uh i think i'm i'm okay with the four digits but 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 after it if it's longer digits i, I struggle and mm. i struggle more if you if you have to reverse it as well as um if you so so i had to read a passage of um, a certain subject i think it was Marie Curie, um about like like how she became like 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 about research and stuff mm. but then you've also had to like like answer like the true or false questions like like to see if you've read it like 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 if you've re- retained it yeah and then yeah. you had to um, the final test i had to do when um, dictation so so it would like like speak to me like like of the passage and then you had to write it like like type it uh i did not well on that one either so since and my results say 90% chance of dyslexia so mm. so 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 that test were to to like like try and make reasonable adjustments in my workplace so which is good to say yeah yeah I'm just going to give some of the listeners just some information here, uh, Rachel. So some some of the stuff to look out for or some of the early kind of signs for people. And this information is taken from uh, Dyslexia Ireland. So if you could bear with me there for a couple of minutes and I'll just, yeah, I'll yeah. just read out some of this stuff. Uh, so for parents, I, I can't imagine we've got too many three to five year olds listening. I should hope not. Uh, with the shit that comes out of my mouth, <laughs> but parents of three to five year olds. So what to be looking for would be, and you know, as as we go through a few of these, uh, Rachel, uh, at the end, maybe any of them to stand out for yourself, you could maybe speak a little bit too. Uh, so indicators at ages three to five. This is from Dyslexia Association of Ireland. Is later than most children are learning to speak. Difficulty pronouncing some, especially multi-syllabic words. Uh, I didn't do a very good job there of saying multisyllabic, so multi-syllabic words. Difficult for me, and I'm not dyslexic. Has difficulty separating spoken words into sounds and blending spoken sounds to make words, i.e. has difficulty with uh, phonological awareness. Experiences auditory discrimination problems. Is prone to spoonerisms, so fips and chips for fish and chips. Difficulty with rhyming. Difficulty maintaining rhythm. Unable to recall the right word. Slow to add new vocabulary, exhibits delays in acquiring uh, emergent literacy skills. You know what? I'm reading this and I'm like, fucking hell, they're not doing anything to help people with dyslexia because there's a lot of multisyllable words here. <laughs> so exhibits delays in acquiring emergent literacy skills. Example, understanding the written language progresses from left to right, discriminating between letters, words and sentences. Experiences problem learning the alphabet, trouble learning numbers, days of the week, colors and shapes, trouble learning to write and spell his or her own name. Unable to follow up multi-step directions or routines, developing fine motor skills more slowly than other children, and may have difficulty telling or retelling a story in correct sequence. Any of that that you would have resonated with, Rachel? 
Uh, I would say rhyming, definitely. Um, you know when you, you know, anagrams. Mm. I've uh, I struggle I struggle doing a- anagrams, uh, as well as numbers. Um, my, uh, I I definitely struggle like 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 learning how to spell and stuff. Um, mm. I f- I think I can remember when I was in nursery. My name as well. So, okay, so you're you're taking the boxes for for some of those. Yeah. Uh, so indicators at ages five to seven. Uh, slow to learn the connection between letters and sounds. Uh, alphabetic principle. Difficulty separating words into sounds and blending sounds to form words. Difficulty repeating multisyllabic words. Emony for enemy. Biscetti for spaghetti, etc. Difficulty decoding single words. Poor word attack skills, especially for new words. Confuses small or easy words, at slash two or said and does goes, may have constant reading and spelling errors, including letter reversals. So D for B, as in dog for bog, letter inversions, M for W, letter transpositions, felt and left, word reversals, tip for pit, word substitutions, house for home. Read slowly with little expressions or fluency. Uh, Difficulty with function words, maybe slow to learn new skills, relying heavily on memorizing without understanding. Reading comprehension is below expectation due to poor accuracy, fluency, and speed. Reading comprehension is better than single word reading. Listening comprehension is better. Trouble learning facts. Difficulty planning or organizing. Using an awkward pencil grip. Slow and poor quality handwriting. Uh, Trouble learning to tell the time on an analog clock or watch. And has poor fine motor coordination. Again, they're the ones for older older children. Any of them relatable for you, Rachel? Uh, The analog clock. um... Mm. Uh, mostly like 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 reading speed, uh, definitely. Yeah, and and, th- and that's the one kind of where where a lot of kids can fall behind because you know yeah. everyone else, as you're saying, as the teacher, and you're meant to be taking notes, you're meant to be writing down. Uh, for dyslexic people, you may have to sound those words out phonetically, break them down syllable by syllable, yeah. which obviously takes a lot of time, which means you you fall behind. Eric on our ADHD episode, he had spoke around that in college of going, you know, it just gets to the point where you. You can only ask people so often, like, what did they miss out on? Or can I borrow your copy? Or, you know, can I borrow your notebook? Um, and then you're yeah. just like, oh, here, fuck this. Like, and it just, it just proves um, very difficult for you. Um, so I won't, I won't go into the rest of them. That's, you know, five to seven or seven to 12, 12. Just like it's, it's some good information. Um, I'll get into maybe some of the 12 plus years, maybe, you know, some of our adults. Listeners, uh, uh, reading slowly without fluency with many inaccuracies, misreads words, uh, difficulty modifying reading rate, an inadequate store of knowledge due to a lack of reading experience, continues to experience serious spelling difficulties, slow, disfluent or illegible handwriting, better oral skills than written skills, difficulty planning, sequencing and organizing written text, difficulty with written syntax or punctuation, difficulty skimming, scanning or proofreading written text. Trouble summarizing or outlining problems in taking notes and copying from the board, procrastinates and avoids reading and writing tasks, does not complete assignments or classwork, or does not hand them in, slow on answering questions, especially open-ended ones, poor memorization skills, uh, still mispronounce or misuse some words, problems recalling the names of some words or objects, poor planning and organization skills, poor time management skills, more difficulty in language-based subjects, example, uh, English, Irish history, than in non-language-based subjects, maths, technical graphics, etc., lacks self-confidence and has a poor self-image, and as a result, 
So maybe a lot more of them ones relatable for you, Rachel. Uh, time management, because I'm, I'm, I'm mostly late. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm occasionally late for work, meeting my mates, but then <laughs> they, uh, they accept it now. So, so it's, it's <laughs> just part of me. Yeah, um, yeah de- definitely. Uh, poor organisation skills, definitely. I'm, um, yeah, I, I struggle with organisation skills, and I would say my bedroom is like a teenager's. <laughs> I would say, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm clean, but I'm untidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so for anyone that's looking for more information, you know, look up dyslexic services in your area. That's from Dyslexia Association of Ireland. I'm sure there's one for the UK and the US and everywhere else, and everywhere else around the the world. So if any of this is resonating with you, you know, do check it out. Again, things like that where you you would just think dyslexia is just mixing up letters, but obviously from that list, there's you know multiple multiple um, other things that go along with go along with that. You've been a long-time listener of the show, Rachel. How did you How did you find the podcast, or you know what what's what's kept you listening? Uh, just say the, the smiles on rails, and of of course, and you're a psychotherapist, but you don't you you don't. I, I just say in the intro, it's 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 not just about psychotherapy. It's just about you you know just about life in general and mm. and I like it how you like you know you've had different guests on as well as you know your co-host you you, you talk about yourself you talk about your family which is nice so 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 it makes makes you like like relatable to 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 everyone else and which and and it's you know, like it says, you know, you're having the crack, and <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I say I've been I've been listening since uh, you've been uh, you've been doing it. Is yeah. it like two years now? Two years, I think we're coming up episode 115 or 116 or something like that. So two and two and a half years, I think it was oh, May May I think of 2020. Um, wow. so it'll be yeah. So three years next May, if if I keep it going, if I have the enthusiasm to to keep it going that long. But uh, guests like yourself are certainly going to help because you know this these are enjoyable conversations. All right, so thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being thank such you. a great guest, and thank you for for your continued support over the years. It's, it's it's always meant a lot, and you know your words of encouragement and your little messages that you send in. They're, they're I can assure you, and I'm very grateful for them because they are greatly appreciated. So thank you. Yeah, very thank much. you for doing this podcast. It's it's really good. So before we leave the last word with Rachel, for the last time of twenty twenty two folks, I again want to express my sincerest gratitude. Thank you for helping the podcast grow. Thank you for being one of our new followers. Thank you for being one of the people that had rated. If you want to come onto the podcast and share your story, if you have got some feedback around previous guests or any correspondence you'd like to get in touch with, please do that on any of the social media. All of the social media folks, you know where it is. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all of that. It's all at STMH Podcast. The one I forgot to do in the intro was the website. The website is www.stmhpodcast.com. 
And if you want to email, so maybe, maybe you know, maybe social media isn't your thing and maybe you listen to the podcast and you'd like to uh, get in touch with some correspondence or to come on, then you can email the podcast and that is hello at stmhpodcast.com. If you haven't been one of the people that's helped to give us a five-star rating so far, then please, please do consider. If you've learned anything from this episode, if you've been entertained by the episode, then please do leave a five-star. Please consider leaving a five-star rating on Spotify or iTunes slash uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be called, that would be a huge folk, a huge help, folks. Uh, giving a retweet for anything that you may see, giving a like, a comment, and a share. A share is really going to help on the likes of um, Facebook, or giving us a share to your story on Instagram. All of that's going to help. You'll find us on TikTok then as well. I said it at the start, folks. I'm going to say it again. Uh, my sincerest gratitude to you for the last year. It's meant an awful lot. Thank you for helping to grow the podcast. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for your correspondence. Uh, and let's just continue to to help each other. So, you know what, folks? This is it for the year. I'm going to be back in the new year. So that means back in two weeks' time. Same bad time, same bad channel. But in the meantime, over Christmas, what is a traditionally very difficult time of year for many people, please give extra consideration to looking after yourself and looking after each other. For our new listeners that may not understand that aren't there since the beginning like you have been, a loyal listener, Rachel, and a loyal correspondent, we ask every guest that comes on to share their words of wisdom, some life learnings, some motto, some creed to live by, something they've taken from this life so far. doesn't have to be in relation to dyslexia, but it can be whatever it is that, that you want. Do you have any words of wisdom that you'd, you'd share with the listeners of the podcast? You know, um, take... <laughs> take each day as it comes don't plan to ahead uh you know um of course like work hard play harder i would say <laughs> so that's that's the second time you've said that rachel i'm, I'm, I'm imagining yeah. you're you're going to tear the bollocks out with this christmas party that they're going on to. oh yes yes <laughs> yeah. yeah it's um it, it's very much needed after this yeah. year health.